To explore the heavens, humans have made many different types of telescopes. These telescopes can observe visible light, infrared light, radio waves, and even x-rays. One of the most important forces shaping the universe, however, is gravity. And how can astronomers observe gravity? Well, in 2002, the National Science Foundation, Caltech, and MIT managed to build a gravitational observatory. Learn more about the Laser Inferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory, or LIGO, the most accurate instrument ever created, on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. Summer is right around the corner, and that means cookouts. No matter what your preferred food is for a cookout or a barbecue, ButcherBox can help you make it the best. If you want to serve up some hamburgers, ButcherBox has grass-fed ground beef to make the perfect smash burger. Want to cook up some steaks? Well, ButcherBox has that too, with some of the best cuts of steak, such as New York Strip, ribeye, and filet mignon. Do you like grilled chicken? Well, ButcherBox has some of the best pasture-raised chicken that you will find anywhere. And if you really want to wow people at your next cookout, you can try grilling some of their wild-caught salmon on a cedar plank. Sign up at ButcherBox.com daily and get a special deal. ButcherBox is offering my listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com daily and use code daily to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is sponsored by Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. I recently had the chance to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond, and I can attest to its exceptional aromas with hints of caramel and vanilla intertwining with its oakiness, which provide a well-rounded flavor profile. Taking a sip is akin to experiencing a piece of bourbon history firsthand. Heaven Hill Distillery may be America's most quintessential bourbon distillery. Established in 1935 after the end of Prohibition, the distillery was established by the Shapira family and has remained a family-owned distillery to this day. In 1897, Congress passed the Bottled in Bond Act, which set forth strict rules for any bourbon labeled Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon goes beyond the stringent requirements of the law by aging its bourbon for seven years, not four. The end result is a gold medal-winning bourbon that truly stands out. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Heaven Hill reminds you, think wisely, drink wisely. This episode is sponsored by CuriosityStream. I've talked many times before about CuriosityStream, but if you still haven't gotten a subscription, you really need to consider doing it. CuriosityStream has thousands of educational and documentary programs covering a wide range of subjects. I personally watch CuriosityStream several times a week, and I've used their programs to get ideas for this podcast, as well as doing show research. You can get an entire year of CuriosityStream for less than $20. It's so cheap, you almost can't afford to not get it. If you're even remotely curious about the world you live in, go to everything-everywhere.com slash curiositystream to start your subscription. Once again, that's everything-everywhere.com slash curiositystream. The origin of this episode comes from the Nobel Prize-winning physicist Richard Feynman. The origin of the episode doesn't come from any of his theories of physics, but rather his views on education. He felt that to truly learn something, you had to be able to understand it well enough to be able to explain it to someone else in simple terms. 
This episode came about from my attempt several years ago to understand how LIGO works. When it was first announced, there were parts of it that made absolutely no sense to me. It turns out there is a very good reason why LIGO is the most accurate measurement device ever created. So, let's start with first things first. What is LIGO trying to observe? LIGO is trying to measure gravitational waves. Gravitational waves were predicted by Einstein. Gravity, like everything else in the universe, can't travel faster than the speed of light. Just as an astronomical observatory is detecting light that may have been sent millions or billions of years ago, so too is LIGO trying to detect gravitational waves which were sent out billions of years ago. In particular, LIGO is trying to detect massive gravitational events such as the merger of two black holes. These events involved masses potentially many times greater than the mass of our own sun. An optical observatory collects photons of light. It can compensate for the lack of light by just fixating on a star for an extended period of time. A gravitational observatory can't do that. The thing that had me initially confused was how it was possible to detect gravity over such distances while doing so with interference from other objects. Gravity, like light, is subject to the inverse square law. That means if you double the distance between two objects, the strength of the gravitational attraction between them is only one-fourth of what it was before. When you expand that to distances over billions of light-years, no matter how powerful the initial event was, the effect when it reaches us would be minuscule. The flip side to the inverse square law is that smaller objects, which are very close, can have much larger effects. Everything that has mass exerts a gravitational attraction. That includes you, a truck, or an airplane, or the moon. What I didn't get is, even if you could create a sensitive instrument, how could you possibly filter out the noise of a truck driving by, or an airplane flying overhead, or even someone standing next to the detector? Trucks and people are small in the cosmic scheme of things, but when they're very close to a detector, their influence could be just as large. To explain how it solves these problems, I need to explain just how LIGO works. As I stated in the introduction, LIGO, L-I-G-O, stands for Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory. The key to the whole operation here is lasers. The observatory doesn't have a dish or a lens or an antenna. There are two LIGO observatories. One is located in Hanford Site, Washington, and the other is located in Livingston, Louisiana. The fact that there are two of them is an important part to the story that I'll get to in a bit. Each observatory has two arms that are four kilometers long. They are set at 90 degrees to each other, almost as if it's half a square. Each of these four-kilometer arms has a tube that is one meter in diameter, which is a near-complete vacuum. And at the end of each tube is a mirror, which is the most reflective mirror ever made by humans and cooled to temperatures just above absolute zero. Here is the bit that is the whole core of the system. A laser is shot down one of the tubes. However, where the tubes intersect, it goes through a partial mirror. Half the light goes down one tube, and half the light is reflected 90 degrees to go down the other tube. When the light bounces back, it's sent to a detector. The light from the two laser beams at this point should be perfectly out of sync. The peaks and troughs of the two light waves should cancel each other out. When a gravitational wave hits the Earth, it will cause space-time to warp the mirrors ever so slightly and change the distance between them. By ever so slightly, I really mean ever so slightly. The change in distances between the mirrors can be as small 
as 10 to the minus 18 meters, or 1 1,000th the diameter of a proton. They can measure this by measuring how out of phase the two beams of light become. The ability to measure a change of 1 1,000th the diameter of a proton is what makes LIGO the most accurate measuring device ever made. So, observing the changes in the split light beam is how they're able to measure something so small. Okay, so that answers one question. However, it doesn't answer how they're able to filter out all the random vibrations and small gravitational pulls. As I mentioned before, something very small and very close can have the same effect as something massive but distant. That's why they built two of them. Both of the observatories in Washington and Louisiana are built out in the middle of nowhere, so outside interference is minimal. For the observatories to register a detection, both observatories have to observe the same thing at roughly the same time. The theoretical basis for LIGO dates back to the 1960s. Rainier Weiss of MIT and Kip Thorne of Caltech were the leaders in trying to get such an observatory built. Small prototypes were built, including a 40-meter version created in the 1980s, but nothing close to the several-kilometer version which would be required to get really accurate measurements. It wasn't until 1994 that LIGO got the go-ahead and received a grant for $395 million, making it the largest project ever funded in the history of the American National Science Foundation. LIGO was turned on in both facilities in 2002, and for the next eight years, it didn't detect anything. During this time, the National Science Foundation was preparing for what they called Enhanced LIGO. In 2010, the project was shut down, and new detectors and equipment were installed over a five-year period. The new Enhanced LIGO had four times the sensitivity as the previous setup, and it was turned on in September of 2015. Within two days of turning on the new system, they finally had a gravitational observation. Named GW150914, the observation was of two merging black holes 1.4 billion light-years away. They were 30 and 35 times the size of the sun, respectively. The signal which both observatories found was almost a perfect fit for what was predicted from the theory of relativity. Since then, there have been several more gravitational observations made. A new gravitational observatory was opened in Italy in 2017 named Virgo, and it cooperates with the LIGO observatories, which helps improve the accuracy of the observations. There are also plans to open a gravitational observatory in India, an observatory in space, and future plans to improve the LIGO observatories in the United States. More observatories around the world will also help us better estimate the direction of any observations made by triangulating the small differences in when the signal was registered at various observatories. In 2017, the Nobel Prize in Physics was awarded to Kip Thorne, Barry Barish, and Rainier Weiss for their efforts in making the first gravitational wave observation. Gravitational observation is really cutting-edge science. The first observation occurred just six years ago, and with the new observatories coming online and new equipment being adopted, we should be discovering even more in the years to come. The associate producers of Everything Everywhere Daily are Peter Bennett and Thor Thompson. If you'd like to support the show, please join the list of patrons over at patreon.com. And also remember, if you leave a review or send me a question, you too can have it read on the show.